When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Amber. And I'm Jessie. And this is Blowing in Tech. Sponsored by Makers. So today we are joined by the wonderful Kashana. And would you be able to give us a little bit of an introduction to you? So I'm Kashana. I'm a Salesforce Solution Engineer Apprentice. So I spend 80% of my time working as a Solution Engineer and also studying towards my degree at Ada College. Amazing. Amazing. And that leads us nicely on to... The Industry Insight in Five. So Kashana's going to give us a little bit of an insight into the industry she works in and why she finds it interesting. Yeah, so um, in Salesforce, we specialize in cloud computing. So essentially, we are selling our software to different customers. Um, as a sales engineer, um, part of my role is understanding the business pain points, doing customer discoveries. So then we're able to use the software to actually build a solution that maps out those business challenges. Um, Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're fine. That's you're doing good. very well. Okay. So what is it about it that you found it? Why do you find that interesting? What was it that got you interested in this role? I think what got me interested in this role, so just to give a bit of a backstory, I was initially going to go down the software engineer route. So I did computer science and A-levels. I did a coding course. I even got an offer from a company in terms of doing a software engineer course. And then I found the role of a sales engineer and I don't think a lot of people know how this role works. And I really like that it is more focused on actually presenting yourself to the customer and kind of being involved in that customer facing interaction. Um, obviously when you first start, it can be a bit nerve wracking in terms of presenting and demoing to different customers and you're kind of having to control all the different screens, but it can be a very rewarding because you're kind of part of that business communication as well, rather than just being behind the scenes. That's really cool. And so something that is interesting about that is like, not only are you the customer facing sales side of it, but you do have to have that technical knowledge. So what is that like? Like, how are you balancing learning about both of those things at once? So I think that's the hardest part in terms of being able to keep up to date with all the different changes within tech as well and then building a solution that really maps the customer challenges so one thing i do is obviously keep up to date with news articles which we all heard about chat gpt um but then because i study towards a degree as an apprentice that kind of keeps me up to date with all the new trends that are happening and innovations as well so Something that I do is I always try, when you go into a different customer interaction, it's always a different customer. It's always a unique challenge. It's always a niche experience. So you kind of have to tailor that experience or tailor that demo to actually map their business problems. And within that, that's where you start to actually learn something new. So every time you go into a demo, it might be something different as well, based upon those niche challenges that that business or industry may have. When you're studying for your apprenticeship, like your degree qualification, how much has your ability to code helped you with that and what are the modules kind of like for that? Within my degree apprentice program, we had a six week boot camp, and essentially we had to complete three modules within one. So one of them was building our calculator, working with different APIs as well. So again, that previous 
coding language that I had in terms of studying at A-levels and doing my own coding courses um, with Generation, actually. Um, that really helped as well. And it actually helped some of my colleagues that were um, a part of the apprenticeship program as well. So I think technical language can be very helpful, especially when you're trying to communicate to the customer the benefit of the solution. Because in a pre-sales way, you're kind of like the sales engineer and you're working alongside an account executive. So they kind of understand the business challenges, but you kind of work as that legion between the tech and the actual business requirements. So again, they're more likely to actually take on what you're saying on board because you obviously have that technical understanding, but then you can also feed into those challenges based upon those discoveries that you've had with the customer. Mm, that's cool. And I'm really curious because I see it as a thing that can happen quite often is like having to, or choosing between software engineering and, and more sales role. What was it that won you over in the end that was like, yeah, this is what I want to do instead of? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. Okay, <laughs> I would say it's fun. Um, I think obviously from what I've heard from you, Amber, <laughs> I know software engineering, working on tickets. I know that's really fun. Like the, I think it's the same kind of principle in terms of solving a problem. Mm -hmm. I think the idea is that you're kind of just more involved. I think based upon my previous experiences when I was younger, I always thought I was like the quiet person that probably just wanted to sit behind the classroom or something. But I think as you learn more about yourself, I realized that I did like to talk. I did like to go on stage. I did like to present. And I think soft, I think sales engineering kind of opened up that world. For me, it's kind of the both. I get the best of both worlds because I get to solve problems and then I also get to present to customers. So I think if you have both people yeah. facing the field, then oh, yeah, that'll be good. So me and Kashana met through a Makers Pair programming event. And so she was really pivotal in me learning how to use code wars like me being able to break down a question because she was able to solve things and I wouldn't understand how she would be able to link data structure like the data types and different methods and functions that you can use to solve a problem so it was really helpful to pair program with you and I yeah. can owe it all to you in terms of like me being able to do the things so it's really cool to know that like you not only knew how to code and like were developing in the technical sense, but also applied that technical knowledge to your role now and just the relevance that it has. And also the fact that when you're, when you've been doing and um, your degree apprenticeship, yeah, just how much that has put you ahead in terms of being able to do those kind of challenges, like creating a calculator and the projects that you do. That's what I have to say. Yeah, no, that's that's great because it seems like even that period of time a couple of years ago, Kashana was demonstrating the communication skills to be able to translate technical yes, concepts exactly. to a non-technical person. And make it simplified as well. Yeah. Like, do you know sometimes you're pairing with someone and they're just doing, <laughs> me and Kashana know about we <laughs> having like experiences with different characters yeah. when it comes to pair programming. And it was just so nice for me to be with someone that just broke it down in such a simplified way to help me grow and also like the fact that it was also benefiting you directly to be able to explain the way that you think and the fact that it also accelerated your learning as well by yeah. teaching me yeah I think pair programming is where you really understand the type of people you can work with yeah our experiences I think there's certain people that would do pair programming and getting and they just want to go straight into the problem you see them moving and typing and you're thinking okay yeah. <laughs> you just sit back and then they're like okay now I can answer your input I was like okay well now yeah. I'll give you my input but I think that's a really good like collaboration um good collaboration that you can 
incorporate into your, even if you're not into tech, I mm. think just the idea of listening to other people and collaborating with other people. I think people always forget those soft skills. Yes. Um. Even as part of like getting my role or like getting other roles, you know, most of the time you have to go through assessment centers or technical interviews. And I think people really forget these small like soft skills you can have to really sell yourself to be honest yeah no I love that something that I think is integral to your journey is like the consistent way that you've been earning certifications doing a degree alongside your full-time role like as part of it how do you think you've been able to balance that learning with actually your output as well because I think that's a that's a tough one it's not easy so I'll be honest at the start (laughs) I didn't (laughs) I think it's one of those things where it's just something you learn um, obviously when you first enter any company, I think the, when you first enter the experience is just overwhelming. Like there's a lot of things you have to learn. And then for us as apprentices, we also had to maintain our degree on top of that. Mm. So it was kind of first I was pushed into Salesforce and then it was being pushed into the apprenticeship program and we had that six week boot camp. And I think one thing, I think at the start, I think a lot of the other apprentices, like colleagues that I was with would probably say are time or our work-life balance wasn't the best at the start but I think it's something you learn like you learn that it's not practical to stay past I don't know 7 p.m doing work whilst you know when you have the day Mm -hmm. the rest of the day to enjoy yourself um and I also think you get used to it you get I think one of the things I will say is when I first started my apprenticeship journey I was in lockdown I don't know why lockdown I seem to have a lot of energy. <laughs> yeah. We were getting up at 9 a.m. doing yeah. like coding exercise clearly. I think over time you realize you're not gonna have that energy throughout the whole entire year. You know, you start to deplete naturally. So I think I've learned to work smarter, not harder. I love that. I so you spoke about having like a lack of work-life balance. Was this something that you were able to communicate amongst like the, your cohort in your apprenticeship? And were you also... How did you navigate that? Did you communicate that to your manager? Yeah. How did you end up balancing that out eventually? I think the Salesforce side was fine. I think it was when we got, I think it's a lot of the apprentices, we got like pushed into the, um, um, pushed into the degree section. Mm -hmm. I think what happened was obviously we weren't used to it again. We had all these coursework, we had all this work to do that was actually going to, um, was actually going to be stored against our grades. And I'm someone, if you tell me, that this is a grade. Yeah. <laughs> like this is something that I have to worry about. Like even if you think about, if I think back to GCSEs or something like that, like I would revise probably last minute, but I would revise, revise. Cause it's like the grade just meant a lot to me. Mm. Um, I think I had to move away from that kind of thought, like mm-hmm. thinking as well, because I think sometimes when you're so, when you put so much stress on like this one thing. Yes. And the outcome can... of it, not necessarily the process. Exactly, right? yeah. exactly. So um, I think one thing I did was, and I, I and one point is that because a lot of oh, the apprentices are going to hate me for saying this. Spill <laughs> 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 the tea. Spill the tea. <laughs> one of the co- with the cohort I was working with, I think a lot of us didn't have as much coding experience. So you know, I was supporting. Yeah. <laughs> I was just <laughs> you are doing the thing. I was supporting. I yeah, I think there was a lot of burn burnout. I I think naturally the course content became easier because we got used to it so I think my work-life balance was just getting accustomed to okay I need to do coding I need to complete this module x y in x y time because obviously we had a module like every two weeks that we had to complete and then we would have it at the end of the week so I kind of knew Mm. the structure I think once I familiarized myself with the structure and what was the format 
when would I need to provide, when would I need to complete a module? I think that's where I got more used to it and said, okay, I'll block out this time mm. in my calendar. Mm -hmm. Now, one thing I will say, um, I shouldn't have done that. One thing yeah. I will say as part of like the apprenticeship on the Salesforce side is they give, they give us like full um, availability in terms of like blocking out our calendars when mm -hmm. we want to get apprenticeship work done. Cause I think they, un they obviously understand that we need to complete the apprenticeship side and get that degree out the way for the three years. So yeah. Mm, I love that. No, I think that's, it's a really important one to recognize as well, because I think it was the same with our boot camp. We were very intense at the beginning. Like we, we stayed consistent throughout, but like, especially in the beginning. And it is that it's a mix of the steep learning curve, not necessarily adjusting to the routine yet. And just like the whole learning how to learn that domain of knowledge, mm -hmm. right? So it just, it does get a little bit easier with time. And it's nice to hear that you were able to adjust. And yeah. hopefully it's a little <laughs> bit less intense now. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a lot a lot less intense i'm in my final year so now it's just like focusing on our epa what's it epa did i say it properly um i think it did i say it properly epa e yes epa it's our endpoint assessment okay Ooh. so essentially we have to it's kind of like doing a dissertation at the end mm -hmm. of the the end of the apprenticeship journey and just um working on something within the company with a business objective writing about how you were involved mm -hmm. it's a lot of work no, yeah, <laughs> yeah you remember your dissertation days <laughs> go anyway <laughs> something that i love about your journey is that how you're able to incorporate your passion into your job and one of the things you do is work with charities would you be able to talk about that a little bit yeah sure so i'm on the philanthropy lead for bold force and um, that's an erg group with inside salesforce and we just work with non-profit organizations and we specialize in kind of bridging the gap between marginalized communities so again this is something really meaningful for me because obviously i am a black woman and i love to i love to make those same opportunities for other people that face discrimination at any point so um, one of the things we did was we all, well, some of the things we've done is I've organized um, charity events where we brought some of our partners, such as Football Beyond Borders and Urban Synergy, and we bring in students to actually do a highly engaged session in terms of finding more about tech careers. We bring in other sponsors. So we had, um, we had um, Generation as well, and they kind of um, support different young people as well into different tech careers and offer them courses. So I did a six week boot camp with them actually. Um, and they just get you upskilled to work into a corporate environment. And then we also had the lovely Amber <laughs> <laughs> speaking about her challenges and what she enjoyed about a software engineer, um, software engineer role. I did another event um, with um, Football Beyond Borders as well. So we did a similar format, but this was more of just a technical day. So just kind of learning. Um, so I think we used the Funkable application and we kind of let them create their fake application and they had oh. to present. And I think that's really good. Yeah. I think people forget about those present presentation skills because there's been times when, I remember when I first like started my role, when I first started Ada and I was completely silent, I wouldn't turn my camera mm. on or speak. So I think these things about getting students up there into those like, into those positions and presenting and actually talking I think it's really good people building skills that I think is fundamental across any career you do um and then I also did um we also helped with Black History Month last year so I had the lovely Amber <laughs> you guys can see huh? I'm always giving Amber an opportunity um so she spoke about imposter syndrome um, and I think that was a very valuable session um, because she spoke about the different types of imposter syndrome. She spoke about the different ways to navigate them. I think she even had tools around how you mm -hmm. navigate them as well. So that was really good and really informal. And I think 
one thing that I really liked is I think we all understood that everyone can experience a yes. syndrome in their lives. Like it's not just it's not just confined to black women. But, yeah. <laughs> but I think the point was really good as well. Yeah. No, I love that. And it's so incredible to see your journey, especially. So going from being quite nervous to present and to now empowering other young individuals to be able to present. How has, has that journey been like for you in terms of like building up your confidence to present in these professional settings and especially going from originally being onboarded in a virtual environment to now doing these big presentations in front of hundreds of people in person. So how has that been for you? Yeah, so I did do um, a customer event presentation at the Excel. And I don't know, I think I still get nerves, like even doing this, like before I build, before I actually have to present, it's like beforehand, I get really nervous. Um, I think I just fake it. Or I will say as well, practice makes perfect. Like I think one thing I will say that's quite challenging as a solution engineer, uh, or as a sales engineer that a lot of people don't realize is that you're focusing on so many things. So obviously you have the demo that you've built based upon mm -hmm. the customer requirements. And then you kind of have, if it's a live demo, then you obviously have to move the screens. You have to obviously type in input. So you have a demo pathway. And then whilst you're doing that, you're actually speaking. So you're actually saying, this is the value you're going to get from this. This is what we're going to see. And then you're also looking around the room, checking that people are engaged because you obviously mm -hmm. want to make sure the client's engaged. So, and then we obviously have the, we obviously have naturally um, things don't go the way you want. You yeah. know, sometimes, I think sometimes I tell myself, don't click that button and I click the button. And <laughs> <there> are, <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah. this was supposed to happen. You need to be able to like navigate <laughs> that live error, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think with that part, it's like, it's kind of, I think you have to put yourself in those situations where things go wrong. So yeah. it kind of enables you to keep that professional demeanor in terms of when things go wrong, not that it was supposed to be part of, like this was supposed, this was how the demo was supposed to go, but kind of maintaining that professional demeanor in front of the customer and just putting yourself in those mm. situations. Like I remember when I presented live and because I was doing it live and you always have to like Wi-Fi issue. Like oh, <laughs> it's gosh. a nightmare for, yes. a, for a sales engineer yeah. when the Wi-Fi is slow because you know, you're, you're sending something looking around and then obviously you probably go back to your talk track so talk track is just kind of like your demo pathway or what you want to say um you're just trying to reinforce your points and you're taking that all into consideration like i think the audience probably knows <laughs> or sometimes they don't know yeah, <laughs> like don't sometimes know. they don't realize yeah um but yeah you have to kind of just maintain composure i would say yeah that's the only Definitely. thing i'll say is quite challenging but practice yeah, yeah. Love it. <laughs> and something that i think is really cool about this stuff that you're doing with these nonprofits is like definitely empowering younger people to understand what's expected of them in the corporate environment. Yeah. Like coming from a low socioeconomic background and not having parents who worked in corporate roles, I had no idea what you were supposed to act like in, a, in an office. I didn't know like how you're supposed to compose yourself, how you like what, what like kind of like corporate small talk, like all of those things, yeah. uh, you know, you don't learn that unless someone shows you. So I, yeah, really love that. That's something that you have an emphasis on and something I wanted to touch on on there as well is like you are, relatively junior in what you're doing you're an apprentice you're doing your degree but you've actively sought a leadership position through this nonprofit, and i love that you're doing that because you're empowering yourself to, to to learn become a good leader and you're putting yourself in a place where you can be seen as a leader yeah and i just think yeah it's just incredible i love it i think it's Thank something you. <laughs> no but seriously i think it's something that we should think about doing more obviously 
don't burn yourself out. Don't yep. take on too many things and only do what, what you have the capacity to do. But it's a great example of how you can set yourself up for leadership positions in the future because you've got this on your CV now. Yeah. You have led an initiative that's done X, Y, Z. You've got examples of it. Like, it's just, yeah. Thank you. I, Amber, your facial reaction. I just <laughs> love it. Do you know what? Like, the things that Kajana's doing is just so incredible. Thank and you. just to see just how much you've progressed. I just I just love it. And the way that you're shining in your role, you're getting recognition, you're getting really good feedback. Like you're really doing the things and you Thank know how you. much I love to see it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Be you. in a place that allows you to do that and make sure you have those opportunities because it's if if you're listening and you're feeling like you've not had the opportunity to do that, then maybe it's not the right environment for you. And also like you've sought out opportunities. Mm. Like no one yeah. said hey, Kashana, can you be this? Like you've actually gone out of your way to see opportunities within the business and gain visibility. Yeah, and that's yeah. really, really cool. So sometimes it's also a case of if you feel like you don't have many opportunities, like to seek them out. And like yeah. probably if you need that budge or you need some help, definitely reach out to someone either in your organization or outside of your organization just to encourage you to pursue these things. Because sometimes, like how did you, how did you know or what, what made you volunteer for these kind of roles and seek that out? Yeah, so I'm going to shout someone out. Okay. And she, well, she left. But oh. but, um, <laughs> so Victoria Pokey, I'm actually saying your name. Um, I remember just seeing her. So she's a black woman as well. I remember seeing her in one of um, in one of my, because she actually joined um, my team. I remember actually seeing her and the way she spoke about black issues, the way she articulated like what she's gone through in her career. And then we we did one-to-one, but I just got to know her. I was like, let's put in a one-to-one session. Yeah. And she was like, come on, Kashana, join Bold Force. And I think yes. I think that made me realize how diversity is so important and inclusion. Because I, I, I'm not even gonna lie, when you do see someone like you and you kind of just get them out and you're like, hello, how are you? Um, it made me feel it made me feel a lot more comfortable in my role. Um, and then she also, I think she also gave me the kind of push yes, to say, do this, do that. It was just, yeah, she was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> she was so, amazing. So she acted as your mentor, like? I don't think, she, so I've had, I have like several mentors within, well, I have one prime mentor, primary mentor. So her name's Katie Sutton mm-hmm. within Salesforce. And obviously she's been amazing. Like mm-hmm. when I first started Salesforce, she got me involved in opportunities. She did discovery with me. Like she was probably the best mentor I've ever had. And then we also had, I also had another kind of mentor, but buddy within my yeah. team. So her name was Ruby. And she was a bit more younger. She kind of just gave me, a, she kind of just made it a bit more comfortable mm-hmm, as well. So mm-hmm. I think it's really good to have like several different, I think it's good to have mentors for different yes. things. Yes. You know, there can be mentors mm-hmm. for that are trying to improve your technical knowledge, mentors for comfortability and mentors where you can just be like, you know, after having a bad day, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Ruby left the team mm-hmm. and Victoria came and she kind of was my one-to-one like mentor as well and that's when we started speaking on black issues um she joined bold for she was like the lead of bold for mm-hmm. she spoke about some of the charities she's helped how she's kind of how she's kind of helping towards that bold force mission as well with what she's done and i was just the way she used to just articulate like i can't mm-hmm. even say how good she was but the way she used to articulate black issues and the way she would articulate articulate it to other people that were non-black was really good i think wow. a lot of I think a lot of black people can struggle with that sometimes, I would yes. say. You know, articulating it in a way where it's not so problem driven and solution orientated. Mm-hmm. And that's what I liked about her. Um, and then obviously later on in the team, um, I've had Paul Irwin. So he has a well- You're really naming them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I won't say them. Should I say them? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Fine. Of course. 
And then later in the team, I had Paul. So he had a wealth of telephony knowledge, upskilled me. So he was kind of like my technical mentor. So I think it's really good to go into a company and be like, okay, this is what I want this person for. And you know, and all the time it can be like a mutual like value relationship as well. It's not just take, take, but Mm -hmm. also what are you doing for them? And it can, and it can be quite, it can be a nice like relationship in terms of like a friendship as well, which is pretty good. Definitely. It's mentorship is, is an important part yeah, of any yeah. person's development. And I like the kind of separation and finding the people that are best for the different parts that, that they can help you with. Um, before we end the first episode, I'd like to ask what you what advice you would give to anybody that is considering solutions engineering um, and kind of any tips for trying to understand it a little bit more and find out if it's for them. Um, okay, so one advice I would say for solution engineering, um, first of all, do you like to solve problems? I think that's a big mm-hmm. thing. Um, also, um, I would say, do you like to engage with people? Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes you probably like the whole technical, sometimes you don't even have to be technical for mm-hmm. a solution engineer role, I'll be honest. But do you like to engage with people, but do you really like to understand their challenges? Do you like to solve their problems as well? Mm-hmm. And do you like to be the forefront in terms of actually presenting, this is what I did to solve X, Y, Z, um, is something I would say. And also, do you like that, like, I wouldn't say tingly feel, but that feeling of just, <laughs> that's the weird word. But do you like that feeling of just like presenting and something going wrong and just kind of dealing with that and navigating that as well? Because I think that kind of rushes what comes with being a solution engineer and kind of how to navigate yourself out of those solutions, because it's going to happen. Like Wi-Fi tech will yeah. fail at one point. So how are you able to kind of, I wouldn't say waffle, but how are you able to talk? How are you able to present? How are you kind of able to rem- remain like a calm composure or something I would say um getting involved um so it depends if you're new in your career like me so I'm 21 (laughs) 21 21 yeah you're new so I did an apprenticeship journey um with sales I did an apprenticeship with Salesforce um so um I actually signed up via um Ada College um so they have a lot of apprenticeships that they have available they do have some in software engineering as well um if you're actually changing careers if you're switching pathways um I would say to start getting involved in presenting I'm happy to have a conversation mm-hmm. on LinkedIn if you would like Shana Robinson would it pop here and we'll have all the notes and everything you've mentioned yeah. in the show notes as well yeah there's one thing I would say as well um yeah and I, I would say start like you can even find YouTube videos around a day in the life of a solution engineer what it entails I would say using resources like that to just get an idea of if it's for yeah. you I would say I think sometimes I guess I'm fortunate enough to be quite early in my career so I don't have to make like a full decision like this is what I want to do um and I have full autonomy to kind of switch mm-hmm. between different careers and um, that's one thing I would say to young people as well just enjoy it like I think mm. just move between different things see what you like see what you don't like like you might prefer something more technical you're young like there's ways you can grow as well so words yeah. of wisdom from Kashana, and that's wrapping up part one thank you so much Kashana stay tuned for next week we'll be releasing part two where we'll be speaking to Kashana about her career challenge and she'll be spilling her tech tea (laughs) yeah thanks so much for watching don't forget to give us a like five stars on Apple or Spotify review comment watch us in 4k on YouTube available on all major podcast platforms everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.